There's a spiritual war that's going on for our communities. It's a war between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And God wants to equip us to be His occupying force in our communities. Join in today to learn more. Well, we welcome all of you today, and Kimberly and I want you to know how much we appreciate each of you, and uh, we want you to know that we thank God for you, know that God's created you uniquely for such a time as this, and um, so we just want to uh, be a part of your lives and helping launch you into the place that God has for you. And so we welcome you to our podcast on Occupying Force. And today, in our episode 20, we're going to be talking about seven prayer targets for city transformation. We all know that our cities need spiritual transformation and civil reformation. One way we can be part of this happening is through targeted intercession focused on discipling our cities. In episode 19, Casting Out a Nation's Demons, we talked about our call to cast out corruption and deep-rooted sin in our cities. Several areas should be targeted that will change the worldview of citizens and hence change culture. So today we're going to give you those seven points to look at. So the first one we're going to talk about, and most um, warriors, intercessors, people today they're they're praying for this they want to see god bring about revival so point one is revival what does revival really mean for us what we're looking at is we make it a prayer target that god literally would move upon his people's hearts and they would once again return to their first love i know you've all heard that before even know that that's what he said to one of the seven churches in revelation and so we're looking and saying, okay, God, would you come and move in such a way that people's hearts once again would burn for you? One of the things that's going to take is a brand new revelation of the bigness of God's love, just how much he really loves every one of us as individuals, then how much he loves the people around us, even how much he loves the communities that we live in. You know, the word says, love God, love your neighbor. And if we don't have an understanding of his first love for us, we don't have his love to pour out to those in our community. He first loved us. The rights that we have, they were given by the one who loves us, not by the government. And from the moment that he breathed life into humankind, he gave us laws. He gave us ways that we were to live. And he did this out of that place of his love for us. And he did it for our good. He created us also to grow in understanding and responsibility. So think about it from the very moment that we are born into this world, we have to learn how to eat. We grow into a place of being able to feed ourselves and then care for ourselves whether it's self-care or it's in how we behave in different arenas that we're in at school, we grow into a place of maturity and responsibility. 
it then goes on by those things that he has put in us and he grows us up in and our parents are used to do this with us into where where we're valuable citizens and we become part of a family we become part of a village a state or a kingdom and all those things are innately given to us through God's first love for us and he grows us up into be first love presenters to the community around us so this first target that we're giving you is revival giving you a little bit of picture of what that would look like the second one that we want to talk about some is what we're calling identity and again, this part of identity is we're praying that there will be an awakening and that people would see clearly their place of responsibility when it comes to self-government. That they would recognize that God has given them a stewardship of their own lives. That their very self-being, God has given them the power to be able then to steward themselves properly in every area of their life, whatever that means, whether it has to do with time, whether it has to do with talent, whether it has to do with finances, in every area of your life, God has given you those things, put them in your hands, and he wants you to be a good a steward of those things. So there's an empowerment to be a productive member of society. One of the things we recognize is what we're really after is in this whole idea of identity is that people learn self-government to where it becomes intrinsic in them. It becomes an internal government inside of them. They just don't have to have external things around them, but it becomes literally, we could even say even to the very DNA of their being. And so then therefore, that which has to do with the way they think, their attitudes, their motives, their values, those things come because they have taken hold of the stewardship and the power of God in them so that they would move in that in terms of even what we call internal government. Well, in another place of responsibility is external government, and that would be in our homes, in our faith communities, and in our schools. Now, how these function in a community reflects on the population's level of self-government. So if people don't have the understanding of being responsible for themselves, and you see this manifest in entitlement or in a victim mentality, always blaming the government or blaming another race, you see those things going on, and there's not an aspect of personal self-jurisdiction, I am responsible for what happens to me and the actions that I decide to take. So if you've got a false identity, and especially when, you know, that's the place of your thinking, it, it's always going to lead to chaos. It's going to lead to confusion. It's going to lead to those things that are going to uh, produce discord and disunity. Well, if we look at the Father's first love and when He created us, and formed us in his identity, his instructions to us from the beginning was be fruitful and multiply. So our innate identity is to grow and to be a successful person in this earth that we live in. A third point that we have that we want to focus on in targeted intercession is education. Ignorance is not bliss. You know, we've heard that, but it's not. Uneducated people can quickly become enslaved just because they don't understand their rights, they don't understand moral principles, and they can be taken advantage of. Abraham Lincoln said this, I love this quote, 
said the philosophy of the schools in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. So really what is being taught to our children today? What is the worldview that's being taught? Is it a biblically moral worldview or is it one that is corrupt and one that's running out of lawlessness? And based on what is being taught our children, that's where we're going to be 20 years from now. Well, that's what we see now. Yes. We recognize exactly what you just read from Abraham Lincoln, that that's what's taken place. I mean, even well, we call them the enemies of God. If we wanted to say even the enemies of who we're supposed to be as a nation, no matter what your nation is, they'll tell you, no, if we come in and then we take over the education systems, and then that point is what's being fed into our children, into our youth, into our young adults, then it's going to move itself all the way up. It'll move itself into those that are instructors. It'll move itself into those that are in government positions. And we're in the fight of our lives right now because of this that has to do with education. So one of the things we're making very clear is that which has to do with biblical worldview, a moral and principled education. So our prayer target is God once again open up the minds of the people so that they can see, but also God begin to establish your education, which has to do with biblical worldview. And so we're living right in the middle of it. And all of you know this that are listening, no matter what nation you're listening for. And, and that always will carry then that in our education system, we want it to match up with the destiny of our nations. Every single nation has some kind of constitution. Most of your constitutions are birthed out of something that comes from the heart of God. We know that America is. So we really want to pray and say, God, this whole area of education, we want you once again open doors that can be established with that which is important to you. Close doors, God, even it, by any way you want to do it, those doors are going to take our children down the wrong path. Which leads us to our fourth point, and that's to pray for a moral compass to be realized in your community. What is a moral compass? It's understanding what's right and what's wrong. And what happens in so many of our communities is there's a loss of biblical principles and virtues. And we see that reflected in how people are behaving and the choices that they make. People of virtue, they respect and obey the law. It's not hard for them. It's just this is right and this is wrong. When lack of character is there, we see immorality, corrupt laws, poor economy. The list goes on and on resulting in our communities. So a moral compass is going to be able to see past just yourself. Because if your eyes are just on you, then you can easily be swayed because you're not thinking about how it affects other people. A moral compass is gonna be established in you so that you will recognize, no, wait a minute, my life is not just about me, but it's going to affect the people around me. And so emphasis, we wanna pray that God will establish his moral compass in people's lives and that there'll be a wake up to those that call themselves believers in Christ, that then they will think through the lens of what the word says to establish that moral compass in their hearts. 
The fifth point that we have is citizens' rights. Very, very important because if we don't understand what our rights are as citizens in our communities, we can be taken advantage of. We have rights and one of those is the ownership of internal property. What do we mean by that? That's your ideas, your thoughts, your talents, your opinions. We also have ownership of external property. This is probably more common to us as far as something that we have ownership of, but land, estates, our freedom of speech is an external property that we have, bodily health, freedom of assembly. These are things that are your rights as a human being and a citizen living in a community. That comes from the heart of God. You've got to hear that. I realize we're in this war and we're talking about whether socialism, Marxism, communism, those things want to take away your rights. In other words, you're not the one that has a right to raise your children. The state does. You don't have a right. We don't really care about your opinions. We don't really care about your thoughts. We're the ones that are going to determine what you're supposed to think and, and, and not. And they'll do the same thing when it comes to your external property. So we feel that pressure. We call it mandates. They're trying to make mandates and tell you what it is that you have to do. And so we need to really be zeroing in on this whole target that has to do with, with civil rights. Another thing that we could look at is even if it has to do with uh, unjust taxation, the whole things of taxation, moving all, all the way down through, whether we're even going to talk about it from the thing of labor and the thing of pay and that which has to do with unemployment and that which has to do with welfare. All those things come down to personal rights that we have. And we've got to be willing in this hour, yes, pray, get in there and pray, but we've got to also be willing to put feet to our prayers and stand up where they're trying to take away our personal rights. Another point is to pray for volunteers. What do we mean by volunteers? We're going to go to Psalm 110.3 where it says, People will volunteer freely in the day of thy power. What does that look like? That looks like people who love their community, who love God, who come together and collaborate. They work together to see the society be the best that it can be. It's pleasant. It's wonderful when you can come together and see things that are joyous in your community, things that you can celebrate. So we want to pray for that spirit of volunteerism to operate in our communities. And we're praying. We, we firmly believe this is the day of His power. And so in the day of His power, then we're looking for a manifestation of this, which has to do with volunteers. And what that's going to mean is, even if we talk about, in Scripture, it talks about the gifts that God has given. Well, those gifts aren't just about in terms of the church. Call it apostles, prophets, pastor, teacher, evangelist. God wants those things to function in society. So then again, in the day of his power, they're going to volunteer. And then that's going to move us to the next and the last uh, target that we give you today. And that, that has to do with unity. So when all of a sudden this spirit of cooperation begins to be released, then what's going to go away is that which has to do with competition, that which has to do with uh, improper ownership, that which has to do with je jealousy, 
that which has to do with what is mine is mine, so to speak. And so we all are praying. There's churches, prayer rooms everywhere right now praying for unity, praying for unity in the body of Christ. And we want to continue to pray for that, that there will come that place of a supernatural unity, not a man-made unity. And that unity needs to be balanced because when it's a forced unity, we really come into the principles of communism where yep. you must all get along and must do things with each other. It's a fake unity Absolutely. that is there because people's hearts are not in it. Right. So we hope that you enjoyed this today. Just to review the seven targets for city transformation, first one is revival, second, identity, third, education, four, moral compass, five, citizens' rights, six, volunteers, and seven, unity. We do invite you to go visit cpnshows.com and visit our Occupying Force podcast. And there are episode notes there each week that you can download and you can read. And that's a bonus of being a CPN Show subscriber. Another thing we want to invite you to is if you like this kind of stuff, you would love our new class that's coming up. It's a five-part series on city transformation through prayer. It starts on October 4th. It will be every other week. And you can go to our website to learn about that. Our website is www.watchmenarise.com. Make sure you put men in. We're raising up a company of watchmen, not just one. And you can learn more about that. So we thank you for listening today. See you next week.